Gohan is rice. I took a semester of Japanese. We should do. And literally, uh, the first thing they did was teach us to count. We should do a a Japanese test face off. I don't think I would win, even though I took a semester of Japanese. I, I did get a B, by the way. Did you cheat? Actually, no. It was the opposite. I didn't buy the textbook, and what? you really, you really needed the textbook to learn Japanese. How did college. you get a B? I think she was just really nice. She let us call her. <laughs> she had us call her Sensei. Did she, Did you call you Robertson? Oh, I wish. She was anywhere <laughs> between the age of 30 and 60, but she was a pleasure. Is this all Japanese woman? Yeah, maybe. Between Shiori and the Maiden of the Inn, all of them anywhere from 20 to 100? Yeah, no, you the, the age is impossible. I, I've been studying hiragana and katakana, and my hiragana is like 70% solid, and my katakana is kind of garbage still. There's like 60 different characters. Between hiragana and katakana, there's like 70, and then you have to learn the thousand kanji. I was, I was just talking to my friend Akiko-san, who is from Japan, and she said she'd tutor me. Yeah, but even... <laughs> I just don't think it's possible for me to learn Japanese. I don't think you have the motivation, because you didn't have the motivation to learn Italian either. Yeah, but I know Italian. You don't know Italian. Fuck out of here. Despite my lack of motivation, I do know Italian. If we get a thousand a thousand likes on this video, me and Rob will have an Italian face off using JoJo terms. Oh, oh, dio! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> See, I know Italian. Well, that might just be all the years of religion classes that I would at least know that dio means God. You'd hope so. And I've been to the Vatican. I have also been to the Vatican. Does that make me more Italian? When did you go to Italy? Uh, work trip, three days. So you've only been to Italy for three days, and you chose to go to the Vatican. When when in Rome? This is actually relevant of the saying. But I don't even think the Romans go to the Vatican. It's <laughs> the, do as the Romans do. And only tourists go to the Vatican. <laughs> so you kind of missed the mark on getting the saying right. Ev- evidently, you. I haven't told you the time I went to Rome, but um, I went with my colleague, who's a Caucasian gentleman, and I told him, don't worry, man. I got this. I speak Italian. So so I go to a, we go out to a restaurant. He books reservations to this nice place. And we go to the front front desk. I was like, una tavola per due. And then they, they're like, wow, bravo. Parli italiano. I was like, si, un po. And I think it's just because I am Chinese and the expectations are so low that they were just unbelievably impressed. And so was my colleague. And then I'd read off the menu with like a slight accent and they would just be fawning over me. They loved it. They ate that shit up. You know, the funniest part of this is I've seen your Chinese in action in China and it was atrocious, but your Italian in Italy was fantastic. It's all about expectations. When I go, when I went to Hong Kong a few years ago, I started speaking Cantonese and then this like security guard who I was asking for directions, he's like, just speak English. (laughs) I was like, shit. All right. Because your Chinese is terrible. No, because, I mean, yes, but it's not, my Italian is worse than my Chinese, but it's the expectation. He looked at me, he expected me to be fluent. If you well, did me, it, they'd, they'd be impressed. No, that's what I was about to say. Let me throw a question at you. If I tried to speak Chinese in Hong Kong, wouldn't they just be offended? When you speak Chinese to me, it's usually offensive. 
And what you're about to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's because the Chinese you taught me is the Chinese you taught me. This is the Chinese that you requested I teach you. Uh, you know, I think it's a chicken and egg situation. We'll really never know how this began. Anyway, welcome to S-Class, the highest tier in podcasting. Joining me today is Robert, and I'm your host, Justin. Before we begin the podcast, I just want to talk a few housekeeping uh, announcements. The first thing is that we're going to be switching up the podcast a little bit, and we're going to be doing more podcasts like these. We're a little more casual, and where Rob and I will just be catching up on anime and manga that we've been watching and reading, as well as the video games that we've been playing. So we'll intermingle these once a month. This will be the first time we're doing this, and then we'll start again in January. Wait, this is monthly? This is monthly, so 12 times a year. Oh, that sounds fun. Is this news to you? Is... We've talked about this. It's news to them. It's news to me. Are you excited for it, Rob? I like this. This could be fun. <laughs> what are we doing? You sound like John. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also does not pay attention. Yeah, we might we might bring our buddy John into this. He was in our Smash Bros. episode, but... um. We're excited to do this and just kind of have this more casual environment instead of just ranking things. And if you like those ranking episodes, let us know. But we'll also be doing those as well still. And I'm still going to rank things in this. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I we'll, will. We'll at least talk about how shitty they are. There we go. <laughs> the The second thing is that before the year ends, we haven't marketed this at all, but we will be releasing our Game of the Year and our Anime slash Manga of the Year podcast. So Game of the Year will be two weeks from now, and Anime and Manga will be the following week. So just keep your eyes open for those two. Spoiler alert, my Anime of the Year is Angry Beavers. <laughs> Shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we are cutting that from the list. It is not going to be on there. We'll see. Robert, so we'll start things off with Anime and Manga. And you have been watching a little bit of Komi-san, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's, you sound a little bit sad about this. It's very complicated because I love the manga. The anime is definitely well done. The sound effects are great. The animation is beautiful. The voice acting is phenomenal. But I just find it incredibly boring. Okay, I have thoughts on this. But before we, we dig into all this, can you give a primer on Komi-san for our new listeners or people who haven't okay. read or watched it? So Komi can't communicate. She tries to, but she just can't communicate. That's it. And then 300 chapters later, yeah, we're still really not saying too much. Yeah, she's like a goddess. Everybody's in love with her. They don't realize that she like has a communication disorder. They think she's just like cool and cold. And she's too good for them, and they're not worthy to talk to her. So they're yes. okay with and this. The manga, I flew through. I love the manga. I, I went through volume after volume and then when i got caught up on the volumes like the physical volumes then i ended up reading it all online but the anime just it i don't know what it is because everything about the anime is well done but it's just boring it is really fascinating that you say this because i read on, on your recommendation this is one of your new resolutions for me i read it and i got stuck maybe around chapter 10 15 when she starts making her first friend and i was like you know what let me watch the anime. And I had the exact same feelings as you. This is beautifully well put together. They've done so much to enhance the manga. Um, they've made, this is why anime is better than manga sometimes because of what they did. But I was genuinely getting really sleepy while watching the first two episodes. Yeah. And I was like, is it because it's late? Maybe I'll just watch, save this for another day. Cause, cause I want to like the show, but I'm just not into it. 
No, it it is boring. And I don't know what it is. I, I think there might be something about the pacing with the anime. Like with the manga, you don't need to hang on pages. You know, like with One Piece, you're sitting there analyzing each page. You sure. might spend a couple of minutes on a page. With the manga, you're, you're kind of flying through it, and that's okay. This is the type of series you can speed read a little bit. But the anime is just too slow. And it isn't even like filler slow. Like, I feel like they're keeping pace with the manga because they i think they did two or three chapters in the first episode but it's just not interesting yeah it's, no it's, i i 100 agree like um there's this really beautiful scene in the first episode where the boy called uh tadano who is trying to help komi communicate he they have this whole scene where they're like talking through the chalkboard and it's beautifully beautifully animated but i was like man i should be like in love with this moment but i was like man when is this gonna be done well, there's also an extra problem with Netflix. They have done such an atrocious job of subbing this show. They ignore so many um, like written things. Like sometimes the characters will have text boxes next to them, right? And nothing they will you will not get subtitled of it. Oh, you know what? You're right. I I did notice there's like tons of hiragana, katakana, and stuff yeah. on the board. And I'm just like, it doesn't say anything. No, and it's supposed to. It's supposed so to be very fans, meaningful, right? Yes, and the fan subs online have been doing that. But if you're watching this on Netflix, you're missing out on so much content because Netflix has just been so lazy with this series. Do people still fan sub things? You have to when Netflix is this atrocious. <laughs> it's just funny to think about because you have Crunchyroll and Netflix and everything that's doing things at such a rapid pace that uh, you wouldn't imagine people are still doing it. It's also because Netflix's Comey is they release episodes weekly and they're like three weeks behind when it comes out in Japan, I think. Really? Okay. I yeah. did not know that. And I don't know what they're using those extra weeks for because the subbing is atrocious. Okay. So if I were to continue, I think I'm going to give it a second chance or a third chance in this case. You think I should go back to the manga again? I would go to the manga. The manga was for me the ideal way to consume the communication. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, Yes. What what are your thoughts on the first friend? Because the first friend keeps getting me stuck. So so she Najimi, yeah. So she or he's a non binary character. Um, they are kind of a pathological liar, and I just couldn't get past this character. I, I just didn't think they were that interesting. I really want to see the ninja character, but I don't know how far along that will be. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get attached to the ninja character. Najimi Najimi is probably like at least for their first year your uh third most prominent character they're very slapstick are they um, interesting no there's no development they're just like slapstick comedy they just kind of they're the glue to keep things together because it's it's hard to have a character that doesn't talk and tadano and that's it you need like somebody else to bounce off of so najimi is the one that they bounce off of interesting okay so if i don't like najimi i better get to like them because get used to it because okay. najimi's going to be around for the first uh, the first school year a lot do you like najimi or you're... i like najimi i i think they're they're fun and for the most part not overdone with the humor or attempts at humor because sometimes that falls flat especially i feel like i think there's a cultural thing with that type of slapstick humor that japan appreciates and americans right. just don't okay so I, I have a feeling even as i continue forward with this i probably just this might not be for me no it, it's a very good chance this isn't a series you're going to enjoy okay I'm gonna I'm gonna give another shot because I want to like it and I've heard only good things, but um, we'll see. Okay, next up we have Blue Period, which I spoke to you a little bit about 
but this might be it might be my anime of the year it's up there top five probably in terms of just anime um like we were talking about with komi how it enhances so many things from the manga like there's no point in doing a anime if you're just going to do panel for panel the manga right right of course probably like a little bit of voice acting and so forth but like komi enhances a lot of things even though they pace it slowly but i i haven't read the manga blue period but it's very by the books manga to anime adaptation from what i can tell and it's like the animation's like totally fine um the voice acting solid like nothing about it stands out but i think the story is genuinely just so strong and it appeals to me personally so it's about this kid who works really hard in school and he's kind of like a soccer hooligan like he goes out drinks with his buddies and all that stuff but he kind of feels like life is pointless um one day he happens upon the art room and he gets like really emotionally touched by this uh painting that his senpai drew and then he starts getting really into art and he decides to give up all the things that he's good at like he could have been an accountant doctor lawyer like a good asian son but he decides he wants to pursue art and he comes from a really poor family so his chances of getting into public art school are like half a percent um so i don't know it just it just sort of touched me personally it's sort of like the opposite journey of what i could have done because i never really took art classes and then i decided to pursue the accounting consulting career when i have some friends who went the opposite route and are now in the arts and pursuing that jeez i was about to say with that summary it really really hits a lot of your nerves it, it hit really personally it's like very emotional it's i wouldn't say it's always a fun time but it's uh very meaningful I mean, sometimes you like those series that kind of make you feel something. Yeah. Like for me, like when I watch a harem anime, <laughs> it just, it, it hits very close to home. The accuracy of your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I just get that melancholic feeling of nostalgia. That's why um, Tengen from Demon Slayer is your favorite because he's just like <laughs> an anime version of yourself. Yeah. It, it's just, it's very relatable. And, <laughs> and, you know, you get that visceral reaction when you consume that type of media. So I, I do understand where you're coming from. I, I think you should give this one at least one episode, see if it's for you. It's on, uh, it's on no, Netflix actually, well. yeah, no, that, that sounds, uh, that does sound interesting. And it sounds, it sounds like the anime doesn't really enhance it, but it also doesn't ruin, you know, what the source material has. Yeah. I'd say, um, I'd say that having a lot of this in color is probably, nice to see like the paintings and stuff mm -hmm. um i haven't switched over to the manga yet so i'm gonna keep up with the anime first season then i'm gonna switch over but i really love this series so far i'm like six seven episodes in so once the anime is uh caught up which is probably at the end of the season you're gonna i think i'm switch gonna do to the manga. switch yeah because i don't think the anime is necessarily worth waiting for but i do like the opening and ending theme songs um and the voice acting solid like i said uh but i think i think the manga switchover will be pretty smooth i hope yeah I mean, sometimes it's good just to watch a few episodes of an anime before switching to get, like, sounds in your head. Yeah. I think it does help enhance the experience sometimes. Yeah, put the voice to the character. When you do the opposite yeah. and you hear their voice, you're like, wait, this isn't what I was <laughs> expecting. I was not picturing this. Did you feel that way for Komi and Tadano? No, I, I think Komi's hard because, like, she, does. she doesn't talk often. She just sort of meets. So, like, <laughs> but no, I, I think they did a good job with that's what I'm saying. They got everything right with Kobe. I just, I'm just bored. Yeah, it's a shame. It's like, yeah, on paper it's perfect, but you're not there. I, maybe I would have felt differently if I hadn't read it first. But even then, I think there's some manga you just want to control the pace that you can consume what you're 
you know, reading or watching. Yep. Just that we could be filthy speed readers if we need to be. I am a speed reader. <laughs> no shame. There's in. nothing wrong with that. You know what, man? I have no shame of saying that. We're, we're, we're older now. Back then, we had all the time in the world. We're getting older. We got to squeeze as much anime and manga in our life as we can. I know. We could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> and I want to spend my final moments reading manga. I couldn't disagree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to saying I couldn't disagree with you. but I know. It was just a natural reaction it's to deep. anything I say. Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about JoJo? Oh my god, so for as much as I've hated the Komi, <laughs> even though I expected to love it, I've loved JoJo, even though I was expecting to not really love it. Because I, I don't, I didn't like part 6 when I read the manga, but the anime has... I mean, I, I watched 12 episodes in 2 days. Oh which wow. Which, at this point in my life... That's hard. That's not something I've been able to do in a long time. That's an accomplishment, so that's like, genuinely. That's how... Yeah, no, absolutely. That's how into it I've been. It's been that good. And I... I don't know. I think once again, the pacing is just for as slow as Comey was, this feels like it's adapting like four chapters per episode. How's uh just, how's Jolene? I haven't read I don't know I don't have any context except she's Jotaro's American daughter, correct? Yes. Yeah, Jolene's fantastic. Okay. So I love part five, but Giorno is such a bland protagonist. <laughs> his his like I'd say his quirk is that he's basically wikipedia he just like recites <laughs> random scientific facts that there's no way any 16 year old italian boy should have any knowledge of but like he's just a walking encyclopedia and it's hilarious for the wrong reasons but jolene actually has like layers and nuance which you don't really get with any jojo character tell tell me a little bit about jolene as someone who has no context is she like a badass is she like sweet what's she like you see She's a badass. She has that like hard exterior, but you also like you get those moments where like she's a seventeen year old girl in prison, like trying Why to cope with prison? all that. Too much to go into. <laughs> um, she hates her dad, but like also is trying to balance the fact that she just wants validation from Jotaro, but like he's too obsessed with dolphins and jellyfish <laughs> and writing dissertations about scallops that so <laughs> his marine biology just takes so much precedence over his family. Is this, is this meme Jojo talking or is this legitimate canon story? <laughs> this, is, this is literally what Jotaro That's is. so fucking funny. <laughs> like I think uh, like in the first episode they go into like the first time Jolene's arrested Jotaro can't be there because he's like flying off to Tokyo for some like conference or something I don't know <laughs> it might not have been that but like that's how my brain like decided to process it and how far away from this is part four so Jotaro didn't have Jolene in part four yet right or was she already born um let's I'm trying to do some quick math. It might have been either she wasn't born yet or it would have just been born so so Josuke is like 15 20 years older than her give or take yeah okay even though josuke is jotaro's uncle correct <laughs> <laughs> so josuke's like her great net her ne great nephew i don't know her cousin whatever and josuke's like 20 years old is josuke in this at all no we're not gonna see josuke okay and giorno i guess is technically her great great grandfather if you're because it's jonathan's body right is what made jordo with dio's soul not grand <laughs> oh yes maybe grant right direct lineage right jonathan it would be Joseph. maybe her great 
Jonah would be her great grandfather. Joseph would be her great grandfather, and jo- three greats. Great, great, <laughs> great grandfather is Jorno. Maybe I think. <laughs> it's, do you, do you, it's possible. Do you think I like this one? You don't like JoJo. I love JoJo Part Two. I love the second half of JoJo Part Three. I love a tiny bit of JoJo Part Four, and I have to catch up a little bit still on Four and Five. What's you got stuck on part four for such a stupid reason. Fucking John King Kid. No, no, it's two things. It's one episode of John King Kid just killed the momentum after one of the coolest battles of all time. And then after that, you give me the alien guy for at least three episodes. And I was just, I didn't have the energy and power to, to persevere. I get it. I, I do get it. But you, you have to. I do. Part four is fantastic. I'm going to I'm gonna finish it because I know the ending is probably awesome. But the filler, not filler, but you know, the garbage episodes are garbage. <laughs> they're not they're not great. Some of them are fantastic though. I don't know. You'll get there, kid. One day. Maybe next year. Maybe I'll set that as a goal. But overall, I was very pleased with JoJo. Okay. That's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. I have also been reading quite a bit of manga. So I have finally caught up on Yotsuba. I just finished volume 14 two nights ago. It took me a long time to finish this because I wanted to refresh myself on volume one, which I had lent to my friend. Oh, it was you. And then <laughs> I never got it back ever. Did you end up buying a new one? No, no, not yet. I'm missing <laughs> volume one, two, and 11 or something like that. Did you read them physically or did you read a little bit online? I read the parts I didn't have because they were either stolen or I just, they were out of stock. So I read those ones. I see. Online. Um, can't imagine who has it. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, Yotsuba is amazing. Yotsuba tells the story of this little girl. Rob, you finished Yotsuba, right? Or you're up to date? I did, yes. I'm up to date on Yotsuba. Okay. I'm going to so, wait for you to talk before I like give my feelings on it, though. Okay. So Yotsuba is made by the creator of Azumanga Daio. Tells the story about this little girl and her adopted or stepfather, or adoptive father, and she's like five years old, and she's super silly and innocent, and she just loves exploring the world around her. Um, and she just goes on like these little adventures, like she'll go camping, or she'll go bother her neighbors, and every single chapter is just like this super light and beautiful little story, little vignette. Um, and I've, I've really been enjoying it. It's nice to see. I finally got to meet her grandma and her aunt, who have been, her grandma has been talked up quite a bit, and um, her grandma's cool. Uh, and there's not much to say about story-wise, but it's it's really sweet. Honestly, Yatsuba, for me, it's, it's a 10 out of 10. Yatsuba does exactly what it wants to do perfectly and better than anything else. In the beginning, I was sort of struggling between, do I like this better than Azumanga Daio or not? Like, I think Azumanga Daio might have made me laugh a little bit harder at times. But um, I think this is much more solid. Like Yatsuba and the whole cast, like Jumbo and her dad, like everyone is such a strong character writing. I also think Azumanga Daio falls into a different genre, though. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. But I, I guess I was just thinking, like in terms of pure comedy. Yeah, but I, for me personally, I wasn't reading Yatsuba as a comedy. I was just reading it as like I don't know this. I feel like. When you define slice of life, you should use Yatsuba because it literally is just such simple slices of a person's life. Yeah, no, it's it's definitive and it's and it's amazing. Like you're, there's no stress. Like you're not waiting for Yatsuba to 
get better at anything. She just wait. Did you get to the part where uh he buys her the backpack? Um, I don't know why. Oh no! Oh, I think it's in volume fifteen, maybe. I, I which don't is, particularly remember. Which just that. came out. Okay, I didn't read it. I feel like you would because it's the most recent. I I just I'm up to fourteen, so I just bought okay. fourteen. It, I might be behind. Yeah. Oh my god, it's gut wrenching. I. <laughs> there's so many it really is really yeah i think there's there's two things i want to talk about in particular about yotsuba and i think i'll probably write a video about it as well but one thing is like like in general it's just really sweet and warm but there's some like really intimate warm moments like um i was reading one recently where uh she goes to the neighbor's house and she's hanging out with tora and tora's kind of like this emo too cool to have emotions kind of girl and it's just the two of them. It's kind of awkward, but Yotsuba doesn't care because she's doesn't. She's just so <laughs> outgoing, and she's like, "Teach me something. Let's do something." And then um, Tora teaches her how to tie a bow for her shoes, and like Tora's like literally holding her hands, helping her tie the bow, and it's just like really sweet, especially since it's coming from a character like Tora, who's generally pretty cold. Um, that was the first thing, uh, and the second thing is, holy shit, can fucking Azuma fucking draw? like right <laughs> like it's fucked up because yotsuba's like literally like honestly rob could draw yotsuba like she's just like this little stick figure head with like four leaf clover hair but then the backgrounds are insane oh my god they're gorgeous it's he's just flexing like there will be panels where like he's cross hatching walking down a staircase for like two pages and it's like you didn't need to do this you just wanted <laughs> to like fucking show how big your dick was he's just flexing yeah it's amazing anything else to say on yotsuba rob it's perfect. I I adore Yatsuba. Yeah. I I will argue to anyone that they need to read Yatsuba. Yeah. I I gave it to my girlfriend. She read chapter 1 and she loved it. I think I think anyone could get into it. No, unless you hate even if you hate existence. I hate existence. Yatsuba is the cure to that. Exactly. Yatsuba makes you want to continue existing because there will be more Yatsuba at some point hopefully. It gives me hope that there's things to live for in just the daily, everyday life, and then I come back to reality. But it gives me that glimpse of hope. Yeah, while you're reading it, though, you enjoy life for just a little bit. <laughs> we we need that. Robert, tell me about the current state of My Hero Academia. Oh, my God. So, I my feelings are so filled with hate. Spoiler warning or not spoiler warning yet? I don't even, I'm not even going to get into the spoilers. I'm just going to say, and it, it's not just me that feels this way. Normally I'm, you know, kind of the negative person and people online are more defensive of it, but I've seen from pretty much every like Twitter, Reddit, anywhere, they hate the current state of the story. <laughs> it is that bad. Was it you or was it the internet that said this series is literal trash? It could have been you. Could have been I don't major. think I've said that because I did enjoy it for a while, but now I'm like hate reading it. I'm <laughs> reading it, hoping that it gets terrible to validate my feelings on how terrible it is. And so far, I've gotten a lot of validation. Where was the turning point for you? So I am probably 150 chapters behind. Like Endeavor, I guess minor spoiler alerts. This is a, two or three years ago, but Endeavor sort of becomes number one hero. Um, he gets his face supposedly blown off, but doesn't. And there's a guy who likes to drink tea. It's probably where I stop. You're way back. I know. I'm way back. I didn't even get to like my villain academia, which I know is a thing. Right. I didn't enjoy that, but like that wasn't the turning point for me. Honestly, 
a few months ago, there was kind of like a Deku vigilante arc, which was okay. It wasn't terrible. There's some pretty creepy images of Deku going around. Since then, I don't know. It's just been atrocious. Each chapter worse than the last. I think I know who the traitor is. Irrelevant. It's also just... Well, that goes along with the terrible writing. Okay. And honestly, I don't know if it's Shonen Jump or Hero, but it seems like it's a lot of the ongoing Jump series is that they're really forcing each chapter to end with like a heavy cliffhanger. Maybe. And I know that's I know that's always been a thing, but I feel like it's gotten substantially worse. They they've lost a lot of power in the last two years, like with the loss of Demon Slayer. One Piece is every three off every fourth week. Um. Naruto Bleach have been gone for years. You know, there's like a lot of Promise Neverland. They finished Haikyuu. Yeah, those were those were heavy hitters. Stone, too. Stone is getting weaker over time and going to end soon. So maybe they just need more things to pull pull their weight. I don't know, but it it's poor writing because you know the cliffhanger is just like a haha gotcha. We're not actually doing that each chapter. Okay. So you get to the next week, it's either unaddressed or it's like no, that was just like a misdirection. I may or may not catch up and read it. Full spoiler tag warning right here. What's the most egregious thing that you can think of off the top of your head? And I don't even care. You just drop it on me. We had like a four chapter like arc where we introduced uh, the world's probably the strongest hero in the world. This American woman that met like All Might when she was younger. She was so inspired by him. Oh, it's not. Uh, it's not know, like the superhero from uh, the dickhead superhero from Vigilantes. Oh, I wish. That would have been great. (laughs) So, yada, yada, yada. She fights whatever the current state of Shigaraki slash All for One is. And, like, right now, they're, like, indestructible, unbeatable because of his poor writing. He introduced this character just to nerf Shigaraki and then die. So, you had what could have been a cool character, but it it just jobbed. She just jobbed to Shigaraki. Plus, Horikoshi is terrible terrible at writing women to begin with but like you finally had a chance to like do something cool or do something like interesting and you kill her in three chapters wow and it was so obvious the whole time that he was going to kill her so there was no stakes and it was really just rectifying the mistake he made with making shigaraki too strong to begin with it was the whole thing was just so predictable and annoying because of how predictable it was and how it just like it was just a microcosm of his poor planning and poor writing it's almost like you wasted 20 chapters of our lives because if you just if you just didn't make shigaraki this strong then we would have just been able to progress this naturally instead of going up then going back down to where we started and it's it also feels like he's just ticking boxes that he knows needs to be ticked so for this it was like you know people constantly ask why aren't heroes from other countries helping so he introduced this hero from America that gets immediately, you know, destroyed. And now the answer is, oh, other countries don't want to come now after the str- one of the strongest heroes in the world was just killed. Right. And, and now it's like, oh, who's this traitor? Everybody's wanted to know who the traitor was. Okay, done with that. You know, I'm just throwing in things wherever I can throw them in. It also just feels like he's really trying to wrap this up ASAP. It, it or sounds he like know he's... how to wrap it up. It sounds like he's struggling and like yeah. people are just throwing darts at the wall for him and trying to help him, but it's just a hot mess. That's a it's, shame. It's a disaster. Yeah, because it's I don't I don't love Hero. I don't hate Hero, but it, it had a pretty decent run for a little while. It's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> any We're any done. party thoughts for Hero? It's done. 
<laughs> keep us posted. Keep us posted on that for the upcoming weeks. Oh, I will. Okay. Uh, last. Oh no, it's not the last. This is the last um, long-running thing that I've been reading, and it is Bride Story. So I got this recommendation from uh, watching ProZT's manga video. It's really high-quality art. The covers are like beautiful, hyper-detailed. Have you seen this at all, Rob? No, I'm not familiar with it. I haven't even heard the name. Okay, stay, stay put for one second. I'm looking at it now on um, Google Images. The art looks very detailed. It oh, you like... bought the physical volume? Yeah, I bought like 10 of the physical volumes. Wow. I bought this for part of my manga haul. I bought like the first one and then, um, or the first three, and then I really loved it. So I just kept getting into it. And the... how, how long is the series? It's still ongoing. So oh, okay. it's a, a little summary is it's about this girl. Uh, this is the main character and she's, this takes place in like 1800s central Asia. So think like Kazakhstan, Turkey, Mongolia type of area, uh-huh. like Silk Road. And she's from like a nomadic clan. And back then like tribes would marry their daughters off and they get a big dowry. So she joins this kind of, settled in clan who's like a little bit more western and it stays in one place so it's kind of like her slice of life uh in that place and it's very so so i've been told it's very historically accurate so she's kind of like this hunter who's kind of like a badass and it's not really anime it's it's very like if this was a real person it it's believable right um so it's her life there and she's married to like this 13 year old boy which is okay back then uh but he's still like kind of growing up and it's him growing up and progressing into a man, their marriage and the marriages of a whole bunch of other girls um, and what daily life is. It's almost like a really fun way to learn history, to be honest. It almost sounds, I mean, I know it's not a real person, but kind of biographical. Yeah, it, re- it really feels that way. And let me just pull up some of the art because it's, it's gorgeous. One second. Yeah, from what I'm looking at on uh, Google Images, it, it seems very detailed. Yeah, she's like, a nut job. The artist's name is uh, Kaoru Mori, and um, there's like some few panels. Like, look at this freaking pendant. Like, look at how hyper detailed like the wood etching is of that one panel. Right, and there's it doesn't need to be. It, it certainly doesn't. Like, look at this stupid fucking goat. Like, this goat is gorgeous. It's insane. That is, that is some mountain goat. Um, and just from like the art perspective, it's easily in like my top five favorite artists, like ne- sitting next to like um, Murata and Mura and all those people. It's, it's very different. It's, it's lighter and it's, it's not as like gory and that type of thing, but it's very beautiful and very hyper detailed. Interesting. I, this one, I, I think I might check out. Yeah. I think you'd like it. It's, it's slice of life and historical. And I think it, it would check some of the boxes of things that you like as well. Is there, what is the goal or is it kind of just this glimpse into the life? I think it's a glimpse into the life and there's like a slight mistranslation. So it's called bride story and it's singular bride, but it's really more about many different brides from different regions in central Asia. So she's one of the brides and there's maybe four or five other brides and you kind of get to see the life in several other villages. Um, and it kind of jumps between all of them and how they're interconnected. So it should be called bride stories. Yes. Brides apostrophe after the S instead of before the S stories. <laughs> technical details but it's too late they're 10 volumes 12 volumes in they can't go back <laughs> yeah at this point you're in there that's that's all i have to say about bride story um, i think i'll check that one out 
definitely definitely look at it read a couple volumes or i can lend you the first volume maybe (laughs) you won't get that back if there's some collateral maybe i'll lend you the first volume (laughs) not Um, happening um last thing in anime and manga talk i want to talk about some of the new shonen jump series there's there's a bunch that have been out for a few months maybe we'll get to those a different day like blue box has and kaiju number eight and things like that days yeah takamoto days those have all been great but these ones are like less than 10 chapters long and i want to give them a little bit of light and talk about them uh let's talk about shoha shoten first because you have read this one i've read the first two chapters i I, the third chapter i think only recently came out but i did the first two chapters yeah the third one came out yesterday what are your thoughts on it rob uh actually it's It's bakuman it's bakuman (laughs) but comedy yes it is (laughs) It's wanting to be the greatest stand-up comic in Japan instead of being the greatest mangaka in Japan. That's all it is. It's literally Bakuman. And the main character's really shy, but he's good at writing comic, uh, writing comedy. And then his new best friend out of nowhere is an improv master who has a lot of energy and they're a duo. And in both stories, the main goal is doing all of this because of their childhood crush. Can I say one thing about um, this pair of writer and artist? I forget their name right at the moment. But... but Here's the thing. This isn't the same writer as Bakuman and Death Note. Obata. It's the same artist. It's Oba and Obata. I'm not sure which one is the artist. Obata's the artist. Writer, but uh, this is somebody else with Obata. Okay. So strangely enough, even though it's a different writer, Oba is one of the worst romantic writers I've ever seen. And this guy <laughs> is not doing any better. So maybe it's Obata's <laughs> fault. But they do not know how to write females, and they do not know how to write love at all. It's it's hilariously bad. It's so bad. Have, um, between Misa Misa and Death Note. Um, oh my god, that's right. The the girl in Bakuman. That was the worst romance. It's like this wouldn't happen in real life. That was ridiculous. We're not going to see each other until we're the number one at what we do, and then we're going to get married after not talking to each other. We'll only text. Ridiculous ridiculous you ha- you haven't read platinum end right no okay don't i mean you can't if same you problem it. it's it might be worse oh dear god he he does this like stupid fan service thing where like they all get power ranger suits and he gives the girl like this stupid cat outfit and it's just it's like cringy and really bad you know here's the thing i, I actually enjoyed the two chapters i read i i really loved it i was i was really skeptical going into it and i i enjoyed it yeah <laughs> i did enjoy it <laughs> Um, third chapter is pretty good too. They get a rival, and there's a comedy show. Yeah. It's Don't good. tell me. I'm going to read it. No, it's good. No, yeah, <laughs> it's just highlights. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't want to say I'm excited for it. I. I almost wish it's going to be like a solid eight out of ten from from this far away view. But I really wish they would challenge themselves a little bit more. It, it does feel like it's taken a lot of the beats from Bakuman. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. But a solid eight out of ten isn't anything to complain about. But I wish it was. A little bit different maybe a bit more aggressive or ambitious yeah speaking of ambitious and aggressive but <laughs> but way worse to be honest uh let's talk about pp pp ppp was that correct did you get the right piece no i think i got one extra p it's only six <laughs> <laughs> i have not touched this the, series the art's just kind of wonky right like on first glance it, it wasn't even that i read the first page and i was like this is going to get canceled in less than 20 chapters i think it has potential i don't think it's i i'm reading week to week it's not the most interesting but it, it's trying to do something so our character is called lucky 
he is born into the Odagami family, which is a prodigy family of pianists. Think, and he's sort of like the Sanji of the Vince Smoke family. Like he's sort of like the the runt of the litter. He doesn't have the same talent as all of his siblings. As a result, his father like either hits him or kicks him out of the family, and his mom takes him away to like keep him safe because she loves her child. So over the, so this is like 10 years later, he's in high school. He wants to pursue piano because he loves it. His mom's dying. So she tells him to go do it. And now he's challenging his siblings, but he's like a really, really nice kid. He's not like trying to take them down. It's more like he's just trying to become a great pianist. And all of his siblings are like, fuck you. You have no talent. <laughs> um, and they sort of have these semi stand battles with their music. Like when they play music, it's so powerful. It creates like a scenery um, like his one of his his first brother who we've met is able to create this like giant girl when he plays and like he the way he plays it's like very soft but it creates these like beautiful sceneries that's not like as powerful but it's um it's unique and beautiful in its own way so it, it has something going for it and he's gonna challenge each of the siblings i feel like but it is a slog to read through sometimes that's how i feel so yikes far. it's not good when you know you only have like 16 pages a week and it feels like a slog a little bit it's a little bit he's he's empathizable or sympathizable as a character but he's not hyper interesting no so <laughs> i have no intentions of getting into this I'm, I'm gonna keep up with it for a little bit longer i you only have probably a month and a half left i think it, it's so. i think it's gonna stick it <laughs> stick it through for a little bit longer and if it manages to survive and get an anime i think that'll only enhance it no chance if it does i think it'll enhance it because it's a musical manga this sounds like it's your first rodeo over reading something from the start week to week. No, I've done this with quite a few things, but this one is like, I, I've tried reading the baseball one before it got canceled. What's that called again? <laughs> Nine Dragon Balls? Nine Dragon Ball Parade. Yeah, that thing fucking sucked. Uh, that I, was inevitable. I, I read a couple things. I, I tried reading Build King, but I sort of know when it's like way below the line. This one's yeah. This one's kind of trotting the line, I think. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe it turns into a success. And yeah. the last one, which I don't think has too much feet to stand on, is called Ayashiman. Um, it is the first three pages are awesome. Like it's about this demon mob boss, essentially. And like it's kind of like I don't know if you've seen like the scene where like the mob boss is sitting at the center and to his left and right is like a whole line of his like top soldiers kind of thing. Right. So that's like kind of a stereotypical thing. But like the monsters are awesome and the art looks great. But then it turns into this like generic shonen bullshit where the main character has been reading a lot of manga. So the last 10 years, he's been training to get real strong. And he is so strong now that he beats up all the bullies like a snap of a finger. And now he joins the mob family where he can fight real monsters. And I'm like, oh, it looks so interesting from the beginning. But um, I'm only two chapters in and I am not loving it. No, so... <laughs> We'll see how that one goes too. This one I might drop off in a couple of chapters if it if it keeps going down the same beats, but it's just a little too generic for me. That might be what Jump wants, honestly, something a little generic. Because at some point, it seems like Jujutsu Kaisen is going to end sooner than they thought. Really? I think they said it was. I think the author said it was going to run, uh, not as long as you know, like things like One Piece or Naruto or Bleach. It's not going that route. I thought that. I think Jujutsu Kaisen's keeping this thing alive what jump jump yeah yeah i mean obviously one piece too but one piece is like the life support but if you want to start moving again and get out getting out of that bed i think you need a little bit more blood you know what it isn't 
My Hero Academia. <laughs> that's the infestation that's taking the body down. She's taking me down. That's all we have for anime and manga. Rob, anything else you want to ad lib in here or you're good? No, I think that's that's about it for what I've been watching. Okay, cool. Two terrible net one terrible Netflix show, one awesome Netflix show. Okay, let's switch gears. Let's talk some video games. Robert, tell me a little bit about the new Mario Party. Not bad. That's all. That's, that, the end of lot, you, that's the end of the review. Not bad. There's not a lot you can say about Mario Party, especially this one, because it's just bo- like N64 boards and and um, mini games. That's all it is. Have you just been but playing that's with what your I wife? Wanted. Yeah, and it's it's been fun. I did not like Super Mario Party, which was the new one on the Switch. It was like bare bones, really lazy. The the boards were literally just squares, like playing a regular board game. Not fun. This one, a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Not bad. Does your wife want to get a divorce after playing with you? Uh, not yet. But that's because I haven't stolen the star from her yet. Because because there's only two scenarios when you play Mario Party with Rob. It's number one is because he's an idiot savant when it comes to this game, and he's so good at all the mini games that he's a little shit and beats you that like really badly. And the other way is if you can take him down, he just becomes the biggest baby in the world. Okay, that's because. What if the only thing you had in life that you were good at was suddenly taken away from you? How would you feel? Uh, I don't have anything, so it's fine. Like, I'm at an all-time <laughs> low already. You can't bring okay. me any lower. So, exactly. You don't know what it's like to lose the most important thing to you. <laughs> For me, it, it's my Mario Party talent. And when that's taken away from me, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> when we have John on the podcast, I want to reiterate that story of your, of your Mario Party <laughs> lost because it's one of my favorites. Where do you play, Justin? Uh, I want to talk about Mario Party a little bit as well. I played. Oh no, no. <laughs> I played um, recently in California, and I met someone who is very similar to you. And Josh, fuck you if you're listening to this. Um, basically, we played, and this kid Josh was winning. No, he was in second place for the entire match. And then he does the, you know, the challenge where you can bet all of your coins. Oh, the duel. The duel. He duels one of us, and he beats the shit out of them, steals all their coins, but then he says, oh my god, I feel so bad. I feel like such a shitty person. Then he lands on the same spot as me, and he duels me and does the same thing again, <laughs> and says, I feel delicious. so bad. So, fuck you, Josh. He ended up winning, and it was a miserable three hours. But, honestly, oh it's, I think it's the best version of Mario Party out there, as much as yeah, I hated it. Yeah, it's fun. It. I liked it. In terms of what I'm playing, I have started playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, it's a little late, but... I've been, I've been trying to get it from people, but I have had some trouble. What are your thoughts? It is beautiful, and it's it, it's really cool when you're kind of exploring, and the world just presents itself to you. Not like it's not like you're playing a game. It's like very immersive. Like I'm I'm running around, and I see this stupid like this giant fat. Thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a giant moblin, but he's gigantic, yeah. and he's like laying on his back. I'm like, oh shit! No, I know, yeah. How do I kill this thing? Like, is this a boss monster, or do I have to? And you just sort of figure things out. Um, the game is super unforgiving. I'm not very good at video games, and I am going to try to trudge through it through December and get as far as I can for a game of the year. I feel like you were you were leading into a butt. I I was waiting for a butt from you. Um, no, I think. I think the only things I have to say is it's like it's really beautiful. I'm not like in love with it, but I I think the art direction and the world are gorgeous. 
story I don't really care too much about, but I think that's just Zelda. <laughs> there is not. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see more. I think I'm still early days. I'm only like five to ten hours in. I can't add anything about Breath of the Wild that hasn't already been said over the last four years. <laughs> I mean, my main gripe, I love the game. I think it's fantastic. My main gripe is fantastic video game doesn't hit the mark for me as a Zelda game. What do you still love the game overall from a Zelda game? I like dungeons. I like I like dungeons and I like getting items that make you feel like you're gaining that access to the world. Whereas this is the open world from the start. There's no real dungeons. There's no real items. Oh yeah, the the, the dungeons are um, just those like little mini trials, which are more often than not like more of a pain in the ass than like fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's it's a little tedious. Like I got stuck overall. On... Love the game. You know the ball one? That one got me stuck for a good hour. Like, <laughs> you just have to flip your switch. I, so I tried that. that. I was like laying on my back on my bed and trying to do it without the without the walls. And it was just a nightmare. I was like, this is so stupid. It's not progressing the game. It's just like one of those stupid gameplay elements to just change it up. That's the thing. Everybody beats that level by cheating. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Like, you're not helping me. Like, I'm never going to use this type of technique again, and it's just, like, a stupid little puzzle to fuck with you. Exactly. That's what I love about Zelda is, like, you're getting the items to continue to open the world to give you more tools to do right. more. Now I Whereas have the hammer. Have all the tools from the start. I couldn't hit this right. thing before. Now I can go back and do this thing. Right. And, like, as you're playing through Zelda, you're taking mental notes of, okay, there's a crack in the wall that I got to come back to to bomb. You don't really have that in this. Not, I mean, there's... Not as much. Because you have the bombs from the start. You have everything from the start. So you can experiment from the start, which is fun, but it doesn't hit that Zelda, you know, feel for me. I, I do really love the cooking element and as well as the picking up the weapons from the monsters element. Like it can get annoying that things break, but it's kind of like it feels like real life. Like if you were living in this world, you'd like be foraging things from people. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's really cool element. No, you can really sink yourself into the world of the game, which I loved. I had a great time with it. Hundred hours. Loved the game. I don't think I'm going to finish it before the end of the year. It's it's a beast of a game. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to keep going with it. And I'll, I'll keep you guys posted as, every month as as I progress through it. <laughs> See how long this lasts. Yeah, hopefully hopefully another month or two and I'll be done. But Robert, tell me about Metroid Dread. <laughs> it's a game 20 years in the making. And then after five hours, you're done. <laughs> That's short. <laughs> That's a Metroid game. They're short. They're short, but it's it's constant action from start to finish. You're you're playing a video game the entire time the video game is on, if you know what I mean. You're not sitting there like reading or watching cutscenes or just walking from point A to point B with nothing going on. You're playing a video game the whole time. Anything about Dread in particular compared to old Metroids that you'd like to highlight? And also any like story beats high level? <laughs> Once again, Nintendo. Nintendo game, not much of a story. Uh, what what's honestly, the what's the story of Zelda? Like, uh, not Zelda of Metroid of uh, of Samus. Like, what's what's her deal in this one in particular? In this one, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> honestly, it's the same as always. She loses all her powers, has to get them back, has to try to escape a planet. There's the Metroids are supposed to be gone. Uh oh, no, they're not. <laughs> I don't. Know, it, uh, you're not. You're not playing the game for the story. You're giving me mixed feelings on this. So it sounds like you enjoyed it, but you're just like, yeah, don't expect anything there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Is no, that... I'm saying don't expect anything from the story. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Is... But it sounds like you had a fun no, time you with it. 
yeah, the game itself is a lot of fun. It's hard as fuck. It's like, I died at least a hundred times over the course of the game. It's a shame you're not good at video games. Uh, I'm substantially better than you. <laughs> you'd probably, you, I don't think you'd make it past the first, first room of this game. Sounds like a fucking challenge. Oh, it is. It, it was, it was great. I, I was happy. It was, was it worth 20 years of waiting and $60? I mean, no, but <laughs> if, if it means now we're going to get Metroid, 2D Metroid games more often, I'm happy about that. Do you regret spending 60? Like, do you wish you had waited? For well, I, just, I got for 50. Okay. Um, From Walmart. Cause Walmart, you just go in store, you get it for $50. I always go during my lunch break on Fridays <laughs> when these Nintendo games release. I'm like, I'm not paying $60 for these games. And so even, you know, the whole price per hour conversation could last days upon days. Um, I feel like you're a guy that's like, if I'm paying $60 for a game, I need to get a lot of hours out of it. For me, right. I don't mind a shorter game if the quality is there. I, I think I've changed my opinion since I started playing Zelda. I wish it was shorter now <laughs> that I'm playing it. Because it's like, I want to optimize my experience and just say, I love this game and have a great time with it. So if it was shorter, I'd be happy to pay for it as well. Right. If you think it's that good. I mean, I can lo- loan it to you. I'm done with it. Okay. Maybe after I finish Zelda, I'll, I'll borrow. I mean, you really only need a day to knock it out. Okay. I'll, I'll switch between maybe. Maybe I'll interweave it. That way I don't hate Zelda. <laughs> that is actually what I've been doing with some of the Black Friday deals that I picked up last week. So there's like a bunch of good digital sales for the Switch. So I picked up, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six games. Jesus. I picked up. Um, so actually, first, I just want to talk about the dealing of it. So first, I got an Amazon gift card for $45. That gave me 50 bucks, and then I bought all these. So it was a pretty good steal. I got um, Inside and Limbo, which are these two indie games that came out a long time ago. They're like side scrollers. Uh, I bought this kind of anime game. I think it was co-produced with Studio Ghibli called Nino Kuni. Oh, I've heard of it. Um, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, so I saw that it was like ten bucks. The inside and limbo were two bucks each, so that was like even if it's shit, it's two bucks. Um, I bought Tricky Towers, which is kind of like a fucked up Tetris that I played out in California, and I really liked it. Uh, Slay the Spire is like this um, roguelike card game, which I heard is really good. And then I wanted to delve into my first Digimon game, oh, so I dear. bought Digimon Cyber Sleuth. You've always been a Digimon guy. I do love my Digimon, um, but I've never played the game, so I thought that this would be a good JRPG to to give it a shot. Now, how many games do you have intentions of actually playing? I want to play them all. Um, this year, so far, I've played Inside a little bit, which I can talk to, but maybe I think I think between Inside and Zelda, I might be done with video games for the year, right. unless I have another short one to sneak in. Um, our, our game of the year might be a little bit anemic. Our anime of the year will be strong. But next year, I want to plan a little bit better. Be like one game a month or two games a month. Something like that. Sounds lofty. Have you have you, have you you heard of any of these games, Rob? Uh, just Nino Kuni and uh, Digimon. Okay. Um, let, me, let me talk about Inside for just a second. Uh, it's, it's pretty much they just throw you into the world and it's a side scroller. So you can only go left and right. And you're like in a dark forest. I don't think you'll like this game because it's kind of like horror vibes. But you, there's only three controls. It's jump, run, and like push, pull, or like open, close, like windows and stuff like that. So it's really simple. You're just like a little boy, totally normal. And like in the background, you'll see like 
cops or adults with like flashlights and some of them have dogs you know like are they after me like did i do something wrong there's no story so it's all environmental storytelling and if you get caught by them first they'll like just drag you and then it's game over like they'll cover your face and then you the game's over but like as you go further on like these adults will like fucking shoot you or they'll sick dogs on you and like literally murder you and you're like oh fuck like what kind of world am i in right now so i'm I really love that you're like uncovering the story just through the world. There's no dialogue hmm. at all. Well, that's interesting. So Very atmospheric. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I, I would check it out even if it's just, uh, first of all, it's really cheap. So if you want to buy it just to check it out, I'd recommend it. Uh-huh. But um, if you just want to look at it, go on YouTube and type in inside. And it's, it's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting game. Definitely not up my alley though. No, I don't think so. Okay, Rob. Let's pass it back over to you for the last <laughs> video game, which is Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Oh, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Full disclosure, I did not buy this game. It was, uh, there was, I don't know if it was a glitch or anything with Walmart, but um, a friend of mine bought the double pack for half price. So I got, you know, I managed to. You got Pearl or you got Diamond? <laughs> Here's the funny thing. So. You buy the double pack, you get, you know, the code, it's a digital code. So he sent me the digital code. He said, Hey, like, I obviously don't need both games. Like, you know, why don't you, why don't you take this? I know you're into this too. Um, Is the double pack 120? It's supposed to be 120, but it was like 60 on Walmart. But here's the problem. For the the double. But here was, here was the problem. He thought he was splitting it, but when you put in the code, it gives you both games. So I ended up getting both games, even though I have no use for them. Oh my god! So did you even pay him like thirty? I gave him thirty bucks for... for the one I was supposed to get, but you got. But I ended up getting you got both. a sixty dollar package for. Free well, I got a hundred twenty dollar package for thirty. That's so amazing. I have two games worth one hundred twenty dollars that I fucking hate. And you can't even sell them because they're digital. They're digital, yes. <laughs> they're just taking up data on your Switch on your limited Switch. I can't believe that they're charging sixty dollars for a game that was forty dollars and was better when it came out ten years ago. Why is it worse? Uh, it's like a legitimate port like they didn't turn it 3d did they no it is the the same art style but it looks worse because it's not sprite based it's the same like grid based you know world there's no improvement on the world it's it's square tile for tile the same game uh you have forced experience share that you can't turn off there's forced forced experience share why there's forced friendships that your pokemon like as you play the game, you'll accumulate friendship, and now your Pokemon will like dodge. They'll like crit the uh crit the opponent. They'll survive like what should be a one hit KO, just because of friendship. And you can't turn that off either. So they just make the game so brain dead easy that like you you can't lose. You you have to try to lose in it. So you you you've taken a game and made it worse, and are charging That's more horrible. for it, and it looks worse too. They should at the very least have a settings, easy mode, hard mode, right? There's no reason for you to not be able to turn off the experience share and the friendship. That's such an easy toggle. I don't know anything about programming, but I know that's just a yes, no function. And they don't give it to you. <laughs> that's that's insane. Like I've never, is is uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee that simple as well? I've heard those are super simple as well. They're simple, but I they're do- better. They are better games. They look better. Are they, are, they're, do they have those type of, uh experience share and that no, type of easiness well the friendship is um i didn't i don't remember the friendship being a problem and experience share 
I, I honestly don't remember either, but I don't remember having the same problems that I have had with Diamond and Pearl. That's insane. Like I can't even imagine playing that kind of Pokemon. It's it not, sounds like frustrating. It's not fun. But I also love Gen 4, so like I've I've soldiered through and I'm I'm playing the game. I enjoy it when you're I was enjoying it while you're in the battles because the friendship stuff doesn't start until, you know, you're with the Pokemon long enough, which was like the fourth gym. But then once like that started, it's just been such a slog because I feel like I'm not like actually playing a game. Also, the ex- is it experience all or experience share? Experience all. So every single... So so every six Pokemon is going to get... He gained three points. He gained three points. Yes. It's just... I remember playing that in the original and I was like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. So you're all getting, you know, the experience, even though you're not battling. Everyone's... Oh, I'm, I'm seven, eight levels higher than every gym leader. It's just... It's brutal. Who'd you go with? You go Piplup again? Yeah, Piplup. Always Piplup. Always Piplup. I... If I wasn't... If I didn't get the game for so cheap, I would have just played Platinum, which is what I had planned to do until my friend had texted me. Right. I think I think I want to play Gen 4 because I didn't play that. But um, And me and you, we still have to do a Nuzlocke. It's not happening this year, uh, but let's let's schedule it in for next year. I'm, I'm excited to do that. Not with this game. Not with this game. We'll, <laughs> we'll just open up Platinum or Black and White or something. I think that's the plan. Yeah, we'll emulate. Okay. Let's move into our news section. So news, honestly, a little bit old or very old. Uh, we'll get better at this over time, but we didn't find anything too interesting as of the last week. But the first item we wanted to talk about was the One Piece movie cast. <laughs> I have mixed feelings. I think the cast seems pretty good. But after watching about 14 seconds of Cowboy Bebop on Netflix, <laughs> uh I have zero expectations. Is it the same production company? Or you're it's just Netflix. live at It's live adaptation on Netflix. So that's all that, that you're basing this off of? Yes. I watched about seven seconds of the Cowboy Bebop adaptation, and I had weird feelings in my body about it. My sister <laughs> is ironically loving it because I don't she, doesn't, get it. she doesn't watch any anime, and um, she's been watching it, and she's like six episodes. She's like, man, I can't wait to watch the next Cowboy Bebop episode. I'm like, what world am I living in? Or she's saying that. Goddamn um, Americans. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually pretty excited for the cast. I think the one that I'm most worried about is Luffy. Yeah, you see, the thing I'm worried about with Luffy isn't so much the actor. It's just it's how do you make a character that's so rubbery and like all over the place translate into live action? Because ah, that, that's what's tough. Same thing. I don't know. I'm not worried about Usopp's actor. I think Usopp's actor looks awesome. I think he's yeah. going to be perfect. But once again, Usopp's just a character that's so like noodle army and, you know, I don't know. I just don't know how that translates to live action. I, those are the two characters that I'm most worried about. I think I think the energy from Luffy's actor is like really good. He's super happy, super high energy, which I love. But it's hard to capture someone like Luffy who's like that brain dead, but also so badass at the same yeah. time. And this kid seems like a little bit maybe too young, in my opinion. Um, but you you have to do that because they're planning for this to be you know a thing properly for like fifteen years. You think they're gonna try? <laughs> we'll see how far it goes, how much money they make. But that that was my concern with Luffy's actor and with Usopp's actor. He seems too cool to be Usopp. You know what I'm saying? Like I dude, I think he's gonna nail it. I he looks awesome. I think he's he gonna looks be awesome. He sounded you know, awesome. Early Usopp is such a fool and. It's like, well, this this guy exudes too much coolness and confidence. Whereas, like, early Usopp's like, 
a dumbass. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he. I think he's gonna be able to nail it. Honestly, I hope even so. with the I really coolness, so. I think he'll just like play it like funny, and I think it'll work. The I only hope... one I'm worried about is Sanji. He just I... does not look the part. I thought he looked okay for me. Uh, I, th- I don't, I I don't know. He's gonna get the suave. You know, I can see him in a pinstripe suit. I think he'd look okay. I don't yeah, know I, how could, they're gonna... I guess that's one of those things. I just gotta see him like in Sanji costume before I can really say. I'm a little bit worried about uh, pretty much any creature. Fisherman Island's gonna be weird. Maybe if they get... <laughs> not, not Fisherman Island. Arlong Park is gonna get fucking weird. Like, is is this British guy gonna be doing handstand capoeira, kicking people? I don't know the limitations of their abilities. Um, I think Zoro and Nami look excellent. Uh, that's all I got to go on so far. I think Zoro looks almost too stoic. He's actually a somewhat famous Japanese actor. Oh, yeah. He's he done... has like over a million uh, followers on his accounts where everybody else was like in the thousands right. or even hundreds. Like he's the one that's actually famous. He's done quite a bit of anime acting as well. I, right. I forget who he's played, but he's played a few prominent roles. Oh, he just looked a little too stoic for me. He's got to put on a little bit of muscle for me. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they all will. But yeah, I'm tentatively kind of looking forward to it i i think we should watch this as a group like yeah the whole gang and i think have like a beer and just like i think it'll be a great time if it wasn't for cowboy bebop i'd be more excited cowboy bebop i'm gonna dive into eventually but uh maybe i'll watch it with my sister what a weird experience <laughs> that would be and i tried it's not good <laughs> the the other announcement that we had was the slam dunk movie this is like super old news but it hasn't been talked about this is like a year ago i think at this point no We've learned nothing new couple months that i remember i clicked on the trailer i was like oh what the fuck and it's literally a still image going in circles like it's just a teaser yeah it's it's not even a trailer what are your thoughts you have any thoughts i love slam dunk i hope this movie exists at some point do you think it's going to be readaptation of some part of the anime like one of their major battles or do you think it's going to be like post i hope it's a new story personally I, I hope so as well i hope it's like post the last game they played and like college and stuff and maybe they get the whole gang back together for yeah. some sort of i'd like to experience something new with these characters i i'm worried that it might not be that because slam dunk sort of needs like a revitalization in a way for younger audiences so maybe they're going to start from the beginning that's and a good they point didn't want to spend the money on a full anime because animating yeah. sports is horrible like not horrible it's very difficult yeah i mean that's that's a good point uh i didn't even consider that you're probably right that it's going to be something that allows slam dunk to kind of be reintroduced but at the same time if you're going to be reintroducing slam dunk you need to have these volumes available for people to buy which volume rob (laughs) (laughs) you know you know which volume i know which volume well, regardless, it really is. It's not just volume 19 at this point. There's quite a few that are like just impossible to get. And, you know, the reason you make an anime primarily is to sell the manga volumes. Sell the merch, the sell everything. Yeah. yeah. So Slam Duck's going to need to actually have some manga volumes available for people to buy if they're but pretending to reintroduce the, 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 the problem is that this is a Japanese movie and it might not even get promoted in the US. So Viz might not even care. But if they do, I'm going to buy every volume of Volume 19 and then burn them all in front of you. That'd be so messed up. It'd be pretty cool. Please don't. It's the only <laughs> one I need. It's the only one I need right now, too. Insulting. Rob, do you know what time it is? Oh, my God. No. What time is it? 
It's time for emails. Oh my god, I don't care. Wait, did we get an email? We have an email, Robert. Our no, we first don't. official email. That's such bullshit. Rob, if you want to send an email to the S Class Podcast, where do you send it? I have no idea. What's our email address? S Class Podcast at gmail.com. Wait, did eight... somebody actually send us an email? We have an email, Robert. And That's it sounds, a joke. It sounds a little bit like this. <laughs> what is it? Oh, this is made up. You're you're messing with me. Dear Justin and Rob, big fan of the podcast. I wanted to know which of you two is more likely to have conquerors hockey. Also, if you two were to fight, who would win? Thanks and keep up the good work. Chancy Dance 311. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for the comment, Chancy Dance 311. To give you an answer, I would definitely have conquerors hockey and you I wouldn't would destroy, have shit. You wouldn't have any just hockey. Destroy Justin in a fight. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Absolute destruction. You would not have Conqueror's Hockey. And if you did, it's going to be like some Buggy the Clown bullshit in like chapter 2000 where he, for some reason, has Conqueror's Hockey. Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter how you have it. Buggy (laughs) stays winning. But you would not have Conqueror's Hockey. You'd get the shit kicked out of you. Oh, in an actual battle between you and I, yes, you would absolutely destroy me. However... No, in the world of the Grand Line... You would also die. You wouldn't even oh, make no it past chance. the first island. You can't even fucking swim. You'd be fucked. Half the people in One Piece can't swim. Do you have Do you have hockey and a devil fruit, or are you have no devil fruit and you still can't swim? Because I think it's that one. No, I, I think it's that one. I think I would <laughs> I would be like I'd be like Roger, just a master of hockey, no devil fruit, <laughs> just like I am. I'm, I'm trying to this. imagine you fighting with hockey in the One Piece world is legitimately hilarious. <laughs> I I would destroy everyone. Are you are you the captain? No, I wouldn't want to be the captain. Too much responsibility. Yeah, I don't know, I'd you, be I'd be a good first mate. No, you'd be the worst first mate. You're like you you could be a captain if Luffy's kind of your benchmark for captains. Like totally irresponsible, a horrible friend. Um actually I think the Luffy Zoro dynamic works well for you and I. I'm the one who like works really hard and progresses and gets the hockey by working hard. And you're just sort of gifted the hockey. If if we're, if either of us gets Conqueror's hockey, that's how it goes. But also like Zoro's, Zoro does the actual things that a captain should do. Like he's the actual leader while as Luffy is just like the inspiring like decision. The guy that just makes decisions based off what he's feeling that morning. Whereas Zoro's like, this is what a captain does. You must is, follow these rules. This is our journey to Japan. Like, I'm making directions. You're just taking the credit and blaming me. It's <laughs> like, this is what we're going to do. Figure it out. Delegate. The, the Luffy Zoro dynamic w- does work out to some extent here. If, if we have to be captain. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the first mate that just gets all the flack. I am the rubber man. <laughs> Good question. In terms of fighting, do you think you stand any chance of fighting with me? So statistics, let's just lay these out real fast. Robert, what are you? Five four, five five. Let's call five five. Let's call it five five. Uh, one twenty. No, no, one thirty. One thirty pounds. Are we adding weight on to you, or is that legitimate? One yeah, thirty no, is where I like to be. Okay. Uh, five five, one thirty. I'm six two, one sixty. <laughs> Fuck off. One sixty ish. I have five years of jujitsu experience. Rob, what fighting experience do you have? Uh, I've gotten in a few fights playing hockey over the years. Okay. That's so better than the, I thought. So, you, so I have some hands-on experience. Did you win those fights? I did. 
Did you really? Well, but that's because in hockey, having the low center, low center of gravity like really plays to your benefit. And in hockey, it doesn't matter how many times you get punched. The winner is the guy that's not on the floor. You know what? If if I, I'm going to give you a circumstance where you're winning. If we have ice skates or rollerblades on, I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like you're winning like nine or ten out of those ten matches. Just sweep the leg. Yeah. <laughs> you watch enough Karate Kid. You know what to do. <laughs> I've seen no Karate Kid. <laughs> uh, in real life, I don't. Do you have any technique that? What's your signature move? Uh, definitely pocket sand, kick to balls. <laughs> Effective. That's it. That's all you need. I'll give you. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll give you one out of a hundred matches. I'll let you win. Oh my god! It's, am I fighting dirty? Am I fighting to kill? <laughs> I like how dirty and kill are our only two options. Well, no, no. I'm saying. In a in a fight where it's just like you pin me, I'm not winning probably ever. Wrestling, fight, I'm beating you 100. Yes, I, I, think. I absolutely agree. But in a fight to the death, I think I think it's a little closer. Fight to the death, no weapons. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of those. Two out of a hundred are yours. Fight to the death, able to use all resources available. I'm I have the edge. You think? You throw us like. You put us in a grocery store, <laughs> lock, doors are locked, only one of us can leave alive, I'm coming out nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> Someone fund this. Someone fund yeah. us a grocery store. We'll make this happen. It's grocery store deathmatch. This is our final episode. That will be our final episode of the S-Class podcast. We'll just record the whole thing. And, grocery uh, store deathmatch. And then the winner will take over and start a new podcast. I mean, I'm still going to use the name s class but you know if you make it out alive i will all right guys um thank you guys so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this new format and if you have any questions you want to ask me or rob feel free to shoot those over at s class podcast at gmail.com rob you want to throw your twitter up there uh what is it s class rob on twitter i have a twitter i don't use it so don't don't do anything with me Nah, don't bother <laughs> s class rob is a good time though it is All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll catch you guys next time.